Welcome to Truth Triumphant Radio. I'm your host, Cody Mori, and today I wanted to discuss, uh, well, Satanism and its undercurrents, its connections, its roots, if you will, um, with the radical left. Now, for those of you who know, I doesn't mean I'm a supporter of the right, um, but the you have the king of the north and the king of the south struggle, so-called, going on, or it, at least it appears that way. And I think it's important for a lot of people to see as we study these things that, um, you know, both sides have really struck deals with the devil. And I mean, in instances, it actually comes out. I'm going to be reading uh, a number of quotes today from a book called Marx and Satan. And for those of you who don't know, this was written by a man, a pastor from, uh, I believe, the Lutheran denomination um, back in, I believe, I'm not sure when the book was written. I think it was written in the 70s. But the man, Richard Wormbrand, he was a pastor, I believe, of the Lutherans. And he's from Romania. And in Romania his country was taken over by the Soviets and the Christians were thrown into gulags and detention centers and concentration camps and all that stuff. And they were essentially tortured. He spent a number of years being tortured. There is uh, a few established uh, institutions that were created by him after he came out of it. He survived obviously and long enough to write the book. Um, Voice of the Martyrs, that's, for instance, one of them. And his treatment and the treatment that the Soviets and the communists had towards Christians in particular, just their anger and hatred and vehement uh, rage towards them, it seemed to go beyond just, just the differences of whether someone believed in God or whether someone believed in the principles of atheism or communism evolution and all those things so you know no 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 small fish if you will of of someone who if if anyone has a right to write about this stuff it's him so he looked into this stuff and he wrote a book called marx and satan and this book it's only about it's very small it's similar to j.a wiley's uh, the jesuits their moral maxims and plots it's about a hundred and I'm seeing here in the the version format I have 133 pages so it's not not very much and it's a it's a smaller book it's not a huge uh, book with a really small font on it and so it's 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 definitely worth reading if you're interested in looking into some of this stuff more. Now, he doesn't draw the Jesuit connection that I'm going to draw to you today. Um, so it's important, and it's always important, folks, whenever you're reading through history. I find history so fascinating once you're given the keys to history. You know, if you if you understand history in the light of... The great controversy there is forces spiritual forces that are competing that are at war with trying to gain your soul they're trying to cause you to doubt 
to not believe or to believe false things. Those are those are the two ditches, essentially. That's the king of the north and the king of the south. The king of the north is false doctrine. The king of the north is false religion. And the king of the south is unbelief or doubts. You know, atheism, all that stuff. They So you have the two ditches and then the, you know, the straight narrow path is having a balanced uh, view of history and prophecy and a faith uh, that works by love and purifies the soul that you can you can examine history and see um, when you plug in the right characters when you plug in the right philosophies into these um, things that are going on because it seems very chaotic it begins to make sense it begins to make sense so without further ado I wanted to start with uh, Saul Alinsky who was the mentor of Hillary Clinton okay and again when I'm saying this I'm not saying the right is any better here but I want to focus on specifically the left and the essentially the king of the south and show that in spite of their non-religious proclamations that they give they actually do tend to tip their hat to Lucifer quite often, which I find very interesting. But it's from his book, Saul Linsky's book, Rules for Radicals. It's part of uh, one of the introductory epitaphs. It's in the third one, which is written by him. And it states this, Lest we forget at least an over-the-shoulder acknowledgement of the very first radical from all our legends, mythology, and history, and who is to know where mythology leaves off and history begins, or which is which? The first radical known to man who rebelled against the establishment and did so effectively that he at least won his own kingdom, Lucifer. So that was Hillary Clinton's, one of her mentors, one of her heroes. Now it sounds very similar to me as Helena Blavatsky, Madame Blavatsky, the founder of Theosophy, she wrote this in the book, her book, The Secret Doctrine, on page 53. It says this, Satan is that angel who was proud enough to believe himself God, brave enough to buy his independence at the price of eternal suffering and torture, beautiful enough to have adored himself in full divine light, strong enough to still reign in darkness amidst agony and to have made himself a throne out of this inextinguishable pyre, the prince of anarchy served by a hierarchy of pure spirits. Sounds very similar, doesn't it? You wonder if Saul Alinsky was perhaps reading some of uh, Madame Blavatsky's uh, writings, much like uh, Hitler was. Now, let's get into Karl Marx specifically. First, I want to point out on page 11 of this book, page 11 of this book, and once again, folks, I am not making any endorsement of either side. I've talked plenty about the right at this point, and I'm, I'm just talking about I know things can just seem to be so political nowadays that it, you can't say anything without without it having some political skew. It's it's really it's really scary actually. Um, 
but that's not that's not what I'm doing here. I want I want to point out the left represents a total lack of religion, something that any Christian, any honest Christian, can never uh, work with. It's and especially the radical left that's in the United States today, right now, they're so high-handedly anti-God, anti-Christian biblical beliefs, and so high-handedly anti-Constitution that there's no way that Christians can really embrace them, not at, not at least with a clear conscience. Now. The other side, scripture and prophecy tells us that the other side, which is false religion, which is the ones that claim to be constitutionalists, the ones that claim to be, um, you know, the protectors of, of all things Christian foundation, those are going to end up being the ones that bring about the closing scenes of earth's history and fill up that cup of iniquity so there's no there's no correct choice here there's no correct choice um and again i'll say again i understand where people are coming from uh when they, when they're on both sides of the voting question i also want to go back and saying that i think that people really ought to keep uh their voting preferences to themselves as we were directed by um, the Holy Spirit but anyways as I'm looking into this did you guys know that Karl Marx was at least uh, through his words a professed Christian that might be a shock to some people but he was from page 11 of Marx and Satan we see uh, a quote here, and this quote is actually from uh, it's it's from a a writing of Karl Marx called "The Union of the Faithful with Christ," uh, and part of his works, uh, Supplement One, page six hundred, and it states this: Union with Christ could give an inner elevation, comfort in sorrow, calm trust and a heart susceptible to human love to everything noble and great not for the sake of ambition and glory but for the sake of christ now which part of that would you disagree with union with christ could give an inner elevation comfort in sorrow calm trust and a heart susceptible to human love to everything noble and great, not for the sake of ambition and glory, but only for the sake of Christ. That sounds like a legitimate um, heart yearnings of a Christian individual to me. But for those of you who don't know, Karl Marx was raised at home by his parents until about 12 years old. And he eventually went to school and he eventually went to uh, a Jesuit high school in Trier. It was called the Frederick Wilhelm Gymnasium at the time. And what happened to his faith there? Well, for those of you who don't know, Karl Marx was uh, very big on poetry. And just the very next page, 
um, of this book, Marx and Satan by Richard Wormbrand, on page 12, states this. He writes in a poem, he being Karl Marx, I wish to avenge myself against the one who rules above. And then here's a poem down here. So a god has snatched from me my all in the curse and rack of destiny. All his worlds are gone beyond recall. Nothing but revenge is left to me. I shall build my throne high overhead, cold, tremendous shall its summit be, for its bulwark superstitious dread, for its martial blackest agony. Who looks on it with a healthy eye shall turn back, deathly pale and dumb, clutched by blind and chill mortality. May his happiness prepare its tomb. So he wishes to avenge himself upon the one, capital O there, on one who rules above. And then he says, a god has snatched from him his all. So we don't know specifically what happened. It could have been, I mean, th this stuff happens to each and every, each and every person who has been on a, um, a serious Christian walk or has had struggles with their faith in the past. Something happens. You lose somebody, uh, some girl uh, for this young man at the time. Uh, maybe some some girl or something ripped his heart out. Who knows? But for some reason, whatever happened, and we've all had this doubting, you know, why we've looked to God and say, why did this happen to me? Well, there's people that bounce back from that. And there's people that shun that thought and say, you know what? No, it's not God. It's because of the sinful world that we live in. And sin exists in this world because I chose to sin. And you take the responsibility on yourself. However, there are others who begin to blame God for that. And they get angry with him because of the things, uh, the pains that happen to us here on earth in spite of our our best intentions and that that might be the worst thing perhaps Karl Marx had some pure intentions with this girl or with this uh, idea or pursuit that he had and then it all came to naught but for some reason instead of bouncing back from that learning from it and continuing on in faith he he chose the other road folks and people that's free will. People do that. That appears to be what Karl Marx has done. Page 15, another poem here. He says, this is Karl Marx in his poem called The Player. The hellish vapors rise and fill the brain till I go mad and my heart is utterly changed. See this sword? The Prince of Darkness sold it to me. For me, he beats the time and gives the signs. Ever more boldly, I play the dance of death. So you can see his poetry really reveals, you know, the Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, uh, the mouth speaks. Well, what does his poetry after attending this Jesuit school uh, tell you about the condition of Karl Marx's heart? Well, I would say that it doesn't bode too well. However, one thing that was very sad I found, and I'm just kind of running through a couple more quotes of this book here, 
but his there there's a section here uh, in chapter two where it talks about Karl Marx and his his letter exchanges, his correspondence with his father. And his father seems to be very, very concerned about his son, Carl, and his basically what he's seeing revealed in the correspondence. And uh, page 20, Karl Marx um, wrote this to his father in a letter. It says, A curtain had fallen. My holy of holies was rent asunder, and new gods had to be installed. Now, from this, on March 2nd, 1837, Marx's father writes to his son this, Your advancement, the dear hope of seeing your name, uh, some day of great repute, and your earthly well-being are not the only desires of my heart. These are illusions I had had a long time, but I can assure you that their fulfillment would not have made me happy. Only if your heart remains pure and beats humanely, and if no demon is able to alienate your heart from better things, only then will I be happy. That's very sad, folks. I mean, that's very sad. We all know people, anybody who, um, well, most people, I, I can't speak for everybody, but I know, I know plenty of people that have had sons and daughters or brothers and sisters or wh whatever the case walk away from the faith. And, you know, you just, you pray for them all the time. But the pain of hoping and praying that they'll come back. And of course, Karl Marx did not. And I think one of the problems with Karl Marx was that he was brilliant. You know, he was brilliant and he knew it. He was a genius. And he thought that God needed him. Like God wanted him. Of course God wants him. He wants everybody though. He's God's the one who gives the gifts out. But Karl Marx, he knew he, he, his genius. And he thought if, if anybody, including God, were to cross him, that he must avenge himself. Now, proof positive that he was basically a puppet after this. If we jump forward over to page 24, you can see from, um, from a German magazine, uh, I'm trying to get the name right here, Rheinisch Zeitung, uh, he was the editor of that magazine. And he wrote this, listen carefully, about communism. He said of his magazine, does not concede, this quote, does not concede even theoretical validity to communist ideas in their present form, let alone desire their practical realization, which it anyway finds impossible. Attempts by masses to carry out communist ideas can be answered by a canon as soon as they become dangerous. So he was against communism. Eventually, to sort of fast forward here, eventually his ideas were changed by a man named Moses Hess who basically helped convert Frederick Engels and Karl Marx, and after that they wrote the Communist Manifesto, to socialist ideas. 
it, it, it almost seems for me, folks, for me, it almost seems like Moses Hess was some kind of handler, um, some type of uh, high ranking individual, perhaps, who knows, secret society or, or all roads lead eventually back to Rome. And he basically gave them some marching orders. That's what it seems like to me, because after Moses Hess, and you can read about this in this book, after Moses Hess meets with uh, Engels and Marx, then they're socialists. That's it. It's over. They're socialists. And it acts like, like he somehow convinced them. Well, I think he probably just told them. Because here's the deal. If you choose evil, we are servants of God or we are slaves to sin. That's our only options. We are not our own gods. We do not um, act out our own wills. Uh, we can and we, we try to. But essentially, we have a choice between two masters. If we if we choose no master, we are by default choosing Satan. So whether we like it or not, once we once we move away from the freedom and independence, and that's what it is that you find in Christ, then you are now a slave in bondage to sin, and your ruler is Lucifer or sin itself. And this is what the Apostle Paul talks about in. Um, Romans chapter 7, where he talks about, I find another law in my members, you know, the law of sin. And that, that's what he's talking about. We don't really have uh, an option. We either are slaves to sin, as Jesus says, you are slaves to sin, or we are slaves to righteousness or servants of God. So th those are really our only options. So when Karl Marx pushed away God and chose this path of unbelief, he from that point on was going to be controlled by demonic spirits. And that's really what we see. He's against communism. Now he's for communism. And his life, I mean, and this book chronicles it, his life is just debauchery and uh, basically drinking and partying and very negative attitude all the time, saying his own his own writings are awful. He was saying that he wishes to destroy the communists that, um, you know, follow his his teachings. He was okay with that. But just a little bit more on the idea of how the Soviets or the communists or the atheists or the evolutionists sort of tip their anarchists, radical left, whatever you want to call it, tip their hat to Lucifer. Remember that the Soviets... And this is from, I'm going to just read the quote here. The Soviets, when the Soviets in their early years adopted the slogan, let us drive out the capitalists from earth and God from heaven. They were merely fulfilling the legacy of Karl Marx. And that's from page 25. So, very interesting little book. I mean, it just bombshell after bombshell statement, and Richard Wormbrand really did his research on this. Uh, every single every single um, thing I've mentioned is has been cited. Uh, for instance, one of them was from from his evil poetry, from Karl Marx's Invocation of One in Despair, from the Archives for the History of Socialism and Workers' Movement, pages thirty and thirty-one, and then. Um, Another one of his poems was quoted in the uh, Deutsch Tages Post. I don't know if I said that right. From West Germany, December 31st, 1982, 
where they were quoting it that Karl Marx had said. The letter from his father was from Heinrich Marx. That's who his father's name was. Letter of March 2nd, 1837 to Karl Marx. And it was in page 203 of his works. Um, now, to take it a little further, on page 27 of this book, one of uh, Marx and Engels's um, co-workers or partners, uh, part of the same institution, the First International, his name was Mikhail Bakunin. He was a Russian anarchist, and he wrote this, page 27. The evil one is the satanic revolt against divine authority, revolt in which we see the fecund germ of all human emancipations, the revolution. Socialists recognize each other by the words in the name of the one whom a great wrong has been done. Satan the eternal rebel, the first free thinker, and the emancipator of worlds. He makes man ashamed of his bestial ignorance and obedience. He emancipates him, stamps upon his brow the seal of liberty and humanity, and urging him to disobey and eat of the fruit of knowledge. Their hero is Lucifer, folks. Their hero is Lucifer. And let me see, what, what is that quote? What is that from? That is from That is from Mikhail Bakunin. God and the State, uh, from New York, Dover Publications, uh, written in 1970, where they quote him there, page 112. Now, another another one of his constituents, actually the, a pastor, or not a pastor, a theologian. I'm not sure what his specific title was, but his name was Bruno Bauer. He was a liberal theologian, and he helped destroy Frederick Engels' faith, because Frederick Engels also was a Christian prior to, and it, the, there's writings where he's doubting his faith and everything, and, and again, you can read all that in this book, but you can find this on page 37 of the same book, and we'll probably close here, but this just kind of show you the very demonic aspects, the satanic aspects of the radical left right up into this day. Uh, so, Page 37, it says, Brunner wrote to his friend Arnold Rouge, also a friend of Marx and Engels, on December 6th, 1841. Interesting time. I deliver lectures here at the university before a large audience. I don't recognize myself when I pronounce my blasphemies from the pulpit. They are so great that these children, whom nobody should offend, have their hair standing on end. While delivering the blasphemies, I remember how I work piously at home, writing an apology of the Holy Scriptures and of the Revelation. In any case, it is, very, it is a very bad demon that possesses me as often as I ascend the pulpit, and I am so weak that I am compelled to yield to him. 
My spirit of blasphemy will be satisfied only if I am authorized to preach openly as professor of the atheistic system. So, again, liberal theologian, far left, claiming to be controlled by demons when they ascend the pulpit and destroying, destroying the young people's faith with their unbelief and garbage theology. So that's just about all the time that we have for today. Thank you guys for joining us and God bless you. We'll be in touch next week.